today and say, son, I love you. I need him to come nearly and touch my heart. Any wounds that you may have today, I'm telling you, the Lord has given me a word to tell you today. In Jesus' name, you are healed. Father, we praise you today. We thank you for your mighty son, Jesus, that has all power to heal, to save, to deliver, to set free. We speak, Lord, to these situations today and these requests that we've given in. And we're asking for healing to come to these families, not only that are suffering with sickness, but we ask that the presence of God would come to families that have lost their loved ones that were there today this past week. We're asking, Holy Presence, that you would wrap arms around them as well, that you would be with them. Let them know that you love them. Let them know that you care. Father, bless this service today. We're here to give you glory and honor that thy will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We come to give them praise. So let's give Lord a hand down and praise this morning. Well, we bless you. We glorify you, Lord God. We bless your name, Lord Jesus. This is your place. We come to lift you and magnify you, Lord. Amen.
glorify the Lord together in this place. We worship you. We lift your holy Sometimes you just cannot trust it. And 
word you in the Greek here is plural. So he was not only coming after Peter, he was also coming to destroy and annihilate all of the disciples. Yet Jesus addresses Peter because Peter is in fact the leader of the group. His failure would be the worst and could lead to defeat for the rest of the group, for the rest of the disciples. But Jesus intended something for Peter. That even though he knew he would have a deep wound, he intended to restore and to heal Peter of those wounds. Now notice something before I get too deep here. And I'm trying to hurry because I don't know what I want to say today. But notice that when Satan comes to Jesus, he has to ask permission from God before he can touch Peter. The devil I notice that. Satan has asked for you. He has put in a request to gain access to you. Understand with me today that it is the same way that Satan may be powerful, but he has limited power unless God grants him the authority to be able to do what he does. Understand with me today, and this is very, very important, that the devil may be powerful, but he's God's devil. Did anybody grab that? He is created just like you and me. So guess what? At the end of the day, guess who he belongs to? He belongs to God. He is under the authority of God. There is nothing that the devil can do to you that God does not allow him to do. And sometimes God will allow Satan to tempt us and to try us to draw out the evil that is within us. By doing this, he reveals our sinful tendencies, our sinful natures. He brings them to light through the temptation and the trial. And let me tell you, it will ultimately lead us to repentance. That is exactly what happens with Peter. He goes through the wounds. Satan causes him to fall. But in the end, it revealed to him his own weakness, his own frailty, his own sinfulness. And it brought a man that was a little bit arrogant to his knees to understand. You know what? I'm not as good as I thought I I'm not as strong as I thought I was. Now watch this. The devil, Peter tells us, and I'm telling you this is a powerful story, because God is saying, Peter, the devil wants to do everything he can to keep you from the anointed word of God being spoken out of your mouth on the day of Pentecost. So what is Satan going to do? He first off is going to wound you. The word wound means to inflict an injury or to hurt you. He is trying to damage you, to destroy you. It means to deal a blow to you. And not only was God, was Satan trying to deal a blow to Peter, but ultimately he was trying to deal a blow to the church in Acts chapter 2. Because if you know who grabbed the microphone in Acts chapter 2, his name is none other than Peter. So Satan figured if I can get to Peter, if I can wound if I can hurt Peter bad enough, then Peter won't grab the microphone on the day of Pentecost. Perhaps Pentecost won't happen. Perhaps the church won't be born. So he tries his best to infiltrate the inner circle of Jesus. And Peter is the headmaster, so to speak. And he says, if I can wound him, I can wound the rest of them. Now, when you are healed of that wound, Peter, because you're going to get wounded. Right? You're going to fall. Jesus warned him. Even though he thought he couldn't, now I'll go with you to death. At the end of the day, Jesus knows all things. Peter ends up failing. But I love what Jesus says. Hey, buddy, I'm going to pray for you. 
And guess what? When you're converted, and when you get yourself back together, and when the wound that you thought, the blood you thought was going to kill you, let me tell you something, when you get through this, I want you to turn around and I want you to not only strengthen yourself, but I want you to go around and strengthen every one of your brothers that have been wounded by the enemy too. Amen. See, I, I was doing one I was doing a study on, on the Marines. Now, my, my cousin was a Marine, and there's something that, that they used to say that's a pretty, pretty powerful statement because I'm a soldier in the army, and my God, can I get an amen? And so, whenever I think about it, this is one statement that they taught him, and it was this. There is no soldier left behind. That means it doesn't matter what it takes. If somebody is wounded on the battlefield, even if someone is wounded to death, we are going to risk our life to get to our fellow comrade, and we are going to pull him out of the way of the enemy. A better one is the Army Rangers. They have a quote that they learn, and this is what they say. I quote it. They say, I will never leave a fallen comrade to fall into the hands of the enemy. Isn't that powerful? That means even if their body is laying cold and dead in the middle of the battlefield, I will risk my... How do you think people get purple hearts? Oftentimes, it's because they run into harm's way and danger in order to spare their Let's say I'll never come to church. I went to church years ago. And when I went to church, somebody 
They're coming from the devil. John chapter 10, 10. It is very simple, like a light to the blood. The thief does not come but for a few purposes. That is to steal, to kill, and to destroy God's people. The devil does not fight fair. He does low blows. The devil will not give up, striking at you and wounding you until you're spiritually wounded to death. Because it is the devil's intent to deliver a deadly wound. If he cannot get to you, then he'll get to your spouse. If he cannot get to your spouse, then guess what he'll go after? He'll come after your kids. If he cannot get your kids, he'll come after your business and your work. He'll come after your finances. He'll come after things that are important to you. He keeps trying to do what he does. Kill, steal, and destroy and try to wound God's people. But today, for a few more minutes, I want to show you today you're going to learn there is hope and there is victory. God did not create us to be human punching bags that just sit there and take punches from the devil whenever he gets good and ready to beat on us. I have come to tell you today that if you are deeply wounded, there's a Savior that can deeply Because he's a very rich man. So when he takes his house from it, and Job finds himself 
They say it's a blue like no other. I've never been there. I hope to God I never am. And I feel, I feel and I pray for those today that have dealt with this. But Job is at the lowest point of his life. All ten of his children are dead. And you would have thought that he would have gave up. The enemies are laughing. The enemy doesn't care about his children. The enemy doesn't care about Job. All he cares about is destroying and annihilating him. And so he wrote some of them on days. And man, I can't wait to see this. And Job's over there on the ground. He's got sackcloth on. He's got ashes on his head, which is a sign of mourning. And the death gets a little closer. Because he's got to hear what Job is saying. Surely he's cursing God right now. Surely he's blaming God.
Some things begin to happen in your life and the devil absolutely loves it. The first thing that you lose when you cave in to the blood and the wound that Satan puts in your life, you will begin to lose the all of God. Can I say it this way? You will begin to lose the wonder of God. Who God is. See, Job could have taken this time to question God, to doubt God, to backtalk God, blame it on God. But Job said, I'm not losing the wonder of who he is. He's still God. You know, my mother, I used to love it. One of her things, that, that, that's her, her three words, but she used to say it all the time. In a rough day at work, oh, some of you have been through things, but he's still Never lose the wonder of who he is. He is still a healer. He is still a deliverer. Are you hearing what I'm telling you today? You cannot lose the wonder of that. But if you give into the wounds that the enemy blows to you, those deep wounds that are cutting you, that are hurting you, you will begin to lose this all struckness that you used to have of God. I want you to understand that what Satan is trying to do 
think. Because he knew that we are flesh. And there are times we are going to fail. It is going to happen. But the one thing that he said you cannot allow to happen when you are wounded. You cannot allow your faith to fail. Because when you are converted, Peter, I'm going to need you to go to the other disciples. And where they're wounded and where they're cut and where they're hurting, I need you to help heal them. There's some of you in this house today that you may not understand your wounds, but I want you to understand that there's a reason that you've been wounded. The reason that you've been wounded is because God needs you yes. to help somebody else that is wounded. Yes. I'm going to leave you with this before I get to my last point. The enemy has touched in some folks. He touches a bitter root that is deep inside of them. If he can get to that root of bitterness, your spirit will be poisoned. That wound gets worse and worse until it literally eats you from the inside out. You're not pleasant to be around. All of the joy has been sapped out of you. But Peter, I want you to know that you are going to be strengthened. Your faith is not going to be shattered. And I love this. When Jesus, Jesus has confidence in us, folks. Jesus believes in us more than anybody else does. Because Jesus didn't look and say, Peter, if you decide to get back, I want you to do this. He said, when you are back.
means your scars. I'm going to tell you something. I wish to God I had some tweets in here because your fingers should be running wild right now. The world does not need your perfections. All that they need to see is your scars. There is something powerful about scars. They are testimony to God's ability to heal deadly wounds that were blown by the devil to you. Scars remind us and it reminds others of, of what we have overcome through Christ. These scars show just how bad it was. And they represent God's healing power. Number one, his scars shout to us. They scream to us. I know your pain. Because I am wounded and I was wounded for your transgressions. I was bruised for your A matter of fact, he embraces him. For after he rises from the dead, he goes to an old doubting Thomas who said, I will never believe. I've got a seed to believe. And he walks in the room. And the first thing that Jesus challenges him to do is not look at my perfect body. I've been glorified. Look at how beautiful I am. Jesus walks in with a glorified body. But he says, I still have scars. Would you reach your hands in the world? It makes it sound like the wounds had not even completely healed. He said, reach your hand into my side. It's as if Jesus was still healing. But he wanted them to grab the intensity of the star to let them realize this is me. I know where you are. I know you're hurting right now. I know you're good for trouble. I know you don't know what to do. I'm leaving you in your stead. But these are my
Let's go ahead and play the song. Now, I'm so God, today I'm not going to cover up my arms. Let the blood of Jesus fly. I'm uncovering every wound, every hurt, every scar. I'm uncovering every issue in my life. Go deep, Holy Spirit. Go to the deepest wound that is inside of me. Go to every grace. I don't want to lose the wonder of you. I don't want to lose the worship of you. I don't want to lose my witness for you. I don't want to lose my ability to fight for families and for souls in need. I need to be healed with my wings. Watch out. So yesterday morning, I get up, and I knew there was this point that I had read many, many years ago. I said to my best friend, he wrote me back, he said, thank you, man. He said, I really needed to read that today. I sent him a message, said, you know where this is maybe on Google, I can't find it, I can't remember the names of it, I'm typing in what I remember of it. I go up and I ask, you people should love me right now for doing this review. <laughs> it's only 185 degrees out there and I'm sweating dead. <laughs> only to get downstairs, go through some old service and I have a briefcase because I know I am certain. I'm certain. I record it. Busy. 
me. He said so very tenderly, I have pulse too. And I knew he understood as no one else could. Today, Jesus is saying to us, I know you have hopes. I know you have lungs. And some of them today are deep. The Holy Spirit wanted me to come today. Grab the mic. Beth, grab the mic. You're fixing to sex that song. The Holy Spirit wanted me to come today and to tell somebody that if you are deeply wounded, that he can deeply heal you today. Not a scratch of the surface, superficial healing, but your wounds and your hurts. He can heal them, give you peace just like that. From the things that trouble you, how can he do it? He has holes too. He has scars too. Your scars are a good thing. You may not know it now. You may not see it now. You may not understand this statement right now. But I am telling you, your scars are good. To get those scars will hurt you. But in the end, you're going to figure out you are glad that you have less pain.
It's a hurt. It's a wound. And one prayer don't get rid of it. It takes time to heal and to mend from the losses that we experience. But I had people, and they're well meaning. They really are. They really are. And they would come through and they'd say, Jimmy, I have no children. And my flesh really wanted to shout back at them. You have no idea what I'm going through. Because right beside them was their love. They know what I'm doing. They don't. They don't understand. They're just trying to help me. It took years
that are needed healing. If you bear a scar in you, please, God, don't ask for to somebody right now.
today in this house, friends, have been here. Deep wounds. You have risen with him in your wings. And I thank you for that. I thank you for those that are willing to step forward. That are willing to step outside their little perfect bubbles. We all have them. And to say I'm not perfect. There's a lot of imperfections. And yes, I am struggling. And yes, I am hurting. But I also thank you for the ones that came. And they put their hands on the back of that fellow soldier that struggled. They prayed over them today. Because they have those scars. And their wounds hurt. Sometimes when we take worry from it, it's like a scab. Something will happen that can pull it right back off and bleeds again. It tries to resurface.